Hello and welcome back to Gina's Excellent Encounters. Today, episode number 15. And with me is Marcus. Hi, Marcus. Hi, Gina. How are you? I'm, I'm awesome, actually. Okay. I'm honored to be here. Oh, it, was, okay. it was a big honor. Great. Uh, so we will be talking about your big uh, journey around the world. When was it? Uh, well, yeah. We can talk about that and also my South America trip, of course. My, my round the world was in 05, 06, and my South America was in 07. Okay, so t- 10, 11 years ago. Yeah, it's a while ago, but it's still fresh in my mind. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is, yeah. <laughs> so h- how long was, was it? Uh... The first trip was uh, 10 months. Okay. Uh, basically, I, I decided... When I was around 23, 24, that I, I, I'm going to do something. I'm going to travel somewhere. And first, I thought I was just going to travel Southeast Asia, like most people do. They go to Thailand, uh, Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam, and do the drunk trip down there. And the more I thought about it, I, I figured, like, yeah, I can do that for a while. But I also want to do something else. I want to do, fuck, man, let's go around the world. Why not? Mm-hmm. And opportunities came up, and I actually got to realize that plan and, and, my, and a dream. It was a, I guess I didn't have a bucket list, but <laughs> if I had one, that would be on there. And, and it's a check, it's yeah, already yeah. done. So, how, how did you prepare for it? I prepared uh, research, obviously. Back then, there wasn't that much internet. Well, there were internet, but you rely on books, travel books, basically. Okay. Uh, obviously mentally planning, uh, saving money. Uh, I was a bit lucky though. <laughs> I was a part of us. I'm from Sweden, of course. Uh, and back then during, I think it was two or three years, there was a program which was called, uh, free year, uh, translates into free year basically. Mm-hmm. And what that meant was that uh, a long time unemployed person in Sweden could take my job, uh, for and then the, the government uh, paid for that job obviously uh no sorry my company paid 80 percent of my salary to for that job because he you know mm-hmm. probably we weren't going to do the job <laughs> like he hadn't been working there before you, yeah. you get my point right yeah uh, and and the government pays me 80 percent of my salary but i'm not allowed I, I was actually forbidden to work in sweden okay uh, because obviously this was uh, the idea of the program was to get people that was long-term unemployed to get back into the work environment and therefore making them connections. Although I think I was like one out of 25 people in the whole Sweden who actually did this. <laughs> okay, so, so basically I was paid 80% of my salary to go around the world. Oh, yeah. what the hell? This is Sweden. <laughs> it, they closed down the, the, the program. It failed because I don't think anybody actually thought my mother did the same thing actually she went to africa for this mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> and companies they weren't really open-minded for it i think uh, i mean they want to keep their own workforce yeah uh, and if there's a factory worker they're just gonna say no we're not going to do that you can you can quit and we just find somebody else exactly i mean because i heard the program, the idea of the program was good, but it turned out bad because the guy who replaced me, he was, the first guy didn't even show up, I think. Uh, the second guy who came, he, I think he worked there for a couple of weeks and then he 
got sick or something happened. Actually, I don't know the whole story, so I shouldn't okay. say too much. Let's leave that. But <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Sweden in a nutshell, basically. <laughs> they try things and sometimes they fail, but at least we try. Exactly. Yeah, that's good at least. Yeah, so hmm, that's nice because then you didn't have to have the money for like a year to have it in advance. I guess you... I, I did save money anyway. So, I mean, yeah. obviously I could have... I was on a luxury tour as, as being a backpacker. Okay. I basically, see. I didn't have any... If I wanted to stay in a hotel because I was just too darn tired of, of yeah. sharing a dorm, it, it wasn't an issue for me. Mm. But I didn't, actually. I did it once or twice, maybe, like, after a really rough okay, yeah. travel somewhere, but otherwise, no. Okay, okay. So, yeah, because I was talking to to my Japanese Airbnb hosts about the same topic, basically, their world journey. They went on a one-and-a-half-year journey, and but they had to save all the money in, uh, up front, basically. Yeah, and, and that's... I'm so privileged to be able to do that. And I'm aware of it, obviously, mm. and I'm humble for it as well. So therefore, I usually don't talk about it. But I mean, mm. it is a big part of why I was able... Your question was, how, how did I prepare? And this was my preparation. Well, cool. I didn't really prepare it. Sweden prepared it for me. But <laughs> I also obviously saved money and worked. And yeah, I rented yeah. out my apartment. I see. And I earned a little bit off top of that, of course. Yeah. So... Uh, Yeah. So where did your journey start? Which was the first uh, country you went to? I went straight to Thailand. Like <laughs> okay. People. It's, it, it, like everybody told me. I was on forums. So internet, I, I told you, wasn't a big part. But the forums were a pretty big part because I asked questions and people just told me, just go to Thailand, go to Bangkok, okay. get into it, take it easy. You, you have 10 months on you, you don't rush things. Yeah. So that's what I did. Okay. So did you know that it would be exactly 10 months in advance? Or? Yeah. Okay. I prepaid my, my plane tickets. I so I had to, like, uh, there were two, I think it was Air, one was for the Star Alliance and the other one was One Air or something like that, okay. yeah. which was British Airways. So I was kind of bound to, to buy my ticket. They weren't expensive, though, actually. Mm. They were about 250 euros per trip when I divided up, and I think it was 11 stops. But that's, so that's not the case when we go to when we went to Japan it's like 500 euros both ways so yeah but this was I could this was for 10 months and I could change my tickets it wasn't oh, an issue I could okay. change the dates if there were available flights obviously but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it wasn't but I couldn't like for instance I I was supposed to stay in Japan mm -hmm. but I I realized that it was going to be way too much money. I, I, don't, I don't think I'd appreciate staying there for one week okay, alone. Yeah. So I figured I'd go back there sometime. So what I had to do was fly from from Asia, Bangkok actually, to to Japan. And then just, you know, stay there for four hours and then straight. Then <laughs> <laughs> straight. Check. Yeah, exactly. Actually, what I did, I I went outside of the customs and said, yeah, I want the stamp. And they just looked at me like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> Get in there. And then I, when I came, so I took a photo. I, I think mm. it was a parking garage or something. It's like, yay, I'm in Japan. Yay. And then went back in. It was like, yeah, come stay yet let him pass. So they didn't really check me either. Okay, okay. Interesting. So, yeah. But what, what did you do in uh, Thailand? Uh, how long have you stayed there? We stayed there for, uh, this is taking, I think, four months. Not only Thailand, obviously, Southeast okay. Asia. And that was me and my best friend and also my girlfriend by the time came down and visits. Mm. Uh, so we traveled Thailand. We started in Bangkok and uh, I, I made my dreads, actually, <laughs> in Bangkok. Okay. 
Uh, you still have them? <laughs> yeah, it's two, the 5th of December 2005, I think oh. it was. Yeah, and then my birthday is on the 6th. So we went to PP Island on the 6th. Uh, and uh, we stayed there and, you know, did the, did the backpacking thing. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. Oh, everything is so cheap. Ooh, yeah, look yeah. at the ocean, look at the palm tree. Yeah. All that shit. And you had to do it, obviously. It's, it's overwhelming when, when you get there. And yeah. it's... it's and yet you, when you're 25, 26, it's, it's pretty cool. You mm. feel like a king, basically. Yeah, I can imagine. But you also grow tired. I mean, I, at least I do after a while. So um, my girlfriend went up to the border towards uh, Laos, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where she went. And me and Daniel just kept traveling. So we did, I think we went, I can't remember the exact trip, but we went back to, Ta- to Bangkok and then we went east towards Cambodia, but we stayed at this place called Kochang, which is now, uh, so there was nobody there when we came there in 2006. Mm. Basically nobody. There was a few backpackers, but it was untouched. It was beautiful. It was amazing. As untouched as you can imagine, you know, on the southeast part of Thailand. Yeah. It was actually, it was nice. So we hang out there and and then we went towards uh, Cambodia. Mm-hmm. And that's when the the real trip started for me. Like then I realized this is this is not touristic anymore. This okay. is this is hard truth. There were no like Cambodia back then. There there were no charter tourism. It wasn't you know destroyed as you call it by Western tourism. Okay. So it was beautiful, but at the same time you could see the political political impact still from Pol Pot's. But could you perhaps just describe what wh- how is it different uh, like? to the normal tourism criminality ah okay uh, who controls the society there were there were three three different powers and there was the mafia and there was the military and uh, and uh, the police slash government basically okay the military were on top and then it was kind of <laughs> I, it's weird though but i think they were kind of colluding the mafia and 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 the government in some weird ways it's just everything was fucked up in that country basically it was still nice people though but mm. after a while traveling there you start to realize um and i also actually read up a bit of, about cambodia before uh, i left over there uh, especially about Pol Pot, obviously, because that's a huge impact on that country. And I, I remember I was sitting in Phnom Penh one day. Uh, I think my friend was out doing something else, and I was just mm. drinking a coffee and thinking, and realizing, holy shit, there's like no people between the age of 25 and and 70. You can see some really old guys, but mm. like they're all gone. Hmm. Where the fuck did they go? And then I started thinking, yeah, of course, they were all killed, basically, by their own children, most of them. Like the whole generation were just wiped out because of what Pol Pot did. And also that screwed up the society, obviously, because the power, the the people in power, obviously in the mafia, uh, they they were in my age, 25, Mm. 26, didn't, didn't have an upbringing, they didn't have any parents, they didn't know how to... Like, all they knew was violence, some of them. Mm, it was weird, but s- still they realized that they are a part of the world and they want the money and obviously <laughs> had to t- treat t- tourists in a different way. So okay. you kind of walk like a king over there too. It's mm. weird. Mm. If you pay off the right person, you can do basically anything. <laughs> okay. it, or could. Then everything changed a couple of years later when tourism came in. I think So nowadays I think it's a different story, but that's... The first realization where actually, so except for DDR when I traveled back then, but I was so young, I didn't really understand that. But mm. 
like the child prostitution immediately hit my face when we came across the border. And Shit. Yeah, I nearly killed a German guy. No, not really, but huh. I saw stuff that... It, it didn't change me right then, I think, but yeah. the more I think about it, it definitely changed me. It started, it started the process of changing me. Yeah, yeah. Because when I came back from, from the first travel, I was a different person. Yeah. I was a completely... Yeah, travels change people. My <clears throat> sister went for a year to India, and she came back also a completely different person. A better person, I would uh, <laughs> say. I, I, but I would <laughs> hope <laughs> you have to think so. <laughs> I don't know. That's another thing, though. You, you you have so much time thinking when you travel, mm. and especially the the first trip made me sure of myself. <laughs> It made me sure I didn't give okay. a fuck about what people thought about me when I came back. Mm-hmm. Before that, I really did, and I had hmm. a history here. And I live in a small town, and you know, it's it could be talks. But when I came back, I really didn't give a fuck, and hmm. that's what I'm known for here in Barbeck. <laughs> I think okay. I, I just I just say whatever, and I stand up for the for the small guy, and I never shut up. And I maybe I <laughs> do, maybe I deal with a little bit too many people that I shouldn't deal with. But I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like myself, but especially the second trip in South America after I did my ayahuasca, I, I wouldn't say I, I, what you could call it, that definitely changed my point of life, my point of view of myself, obviously, mm. of course. I mean, the ayahuasca trip for me was, was like a big slap in my face. Like, why the fuck do you care about other people, care about yourself? Okay. But... What I learned wasn't, uh, you didn't want to hear that. <laughs> you didn't <laughs> want to know that about yourself, but it's all fucking true. Yeah, yeah. It's all so true. And once you start thinking about that, it, it, I mean, you got the realization, but then you have to change yourself. And that's mm-hmm. what I've been trying to do since then, actually. And I'm still, I'm an awful person. I think we're all <laughs> awful persons, actually. Okay. But, <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean. But some people try to get better. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the thing, isn't it? It's what, what, you, what you do with what you got in life. Yeah. And, I know you you had this podcast about other people. I'd like to talk about you for a second and, and say that you're one of the the few in the world that actually have have means and you actually do stuff. And uh, you are one of my one of my heroes, if, you, if I want to call you my hero. But yeah, but I look up to you, Gina. Okay. Seriously, seriously, I do. I've I've done since I actually first time I met you and. Yeah, when was that? Though? That was a long time ago, yeah. but you hardly spoke Swedish and, and you yeah, told yeah. me that, no, 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 Marcus, speak Swedish to me, I need to learn this. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. It took the, a year and then you spoke fluently. You're a fucking the, hero, dude. The, the funny thing is, I, to, uh, I told you that because my English was so much worse than my Swedish. But that was uh, embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't know that, no. But that, that makes another point, though. You also speak English like a boss now. So. Yeah. Took some time, but then at university and later at work, yeah, it got much better. Yeah, and I'm I'm doing this podcast also just to to make my English also a little bit better and stuff like this. So yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> You're doing good. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Water. <laughs> don't tell, don't tell anyone. Yeah, we we save the beers for later. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> Where were we? Uh, Thailand and then... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the, the start of the change of the view, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Where should I go from there? There's so much to tell about okay. those times. Uh, tell us about this, like some small stories. What happened? Or something yeah, like yeah, I can remember. Like there's always shit stories. <laughs> <laughs> like when you go backpacking and you travel with somebody, uh, it takes a couple of days and then you're out of conversation usually, <laughs> and then the shit story comes. In. So I, I gotta. T- I guess I gotta tell my worst shit story, which is we were traveling. Uh, up towards towards uh, Laos mm-hmm. to do the to travel on on the Mekong. Actually, we decided to do find if we could find a, a boat trip. Go slowly uphill. Could you move? Oh, sorry. Uh, so upwards. Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah, is it better? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so what we did, we parted a little bit too much. So we went from Cambodia uh, up towards and we took a night bus. And I couldn't. Like we spoke before, I have trouble sleeping. Oh, yeah. I always had trouble sleeping. So, mm-hmm. but my friend, he falls asleep. You just rest his head two seconds. He snores, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> and <laughs> it was always like this. But this was like we'd be partying really, really bad down in Cambodia the last days, and I really needed the sleep, but I couldn't sleep. So I was awake the whole trip, and then we changed buses. And I told Daniel, like, this is not good. Maybe we should stop here and. And stay over the night, but no, 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 let's keep going. You know, it's another, it's only a couple, six hours or something. Like, okay. All right, let's go. So we took the bus. It's a shitty bus. Like it was probably built in 1962 or something. <laughs> it, it was a toilet in the back, but the door didn't close. I was sitting next to it and it smelled and everything was just terrible. And while I was sitting on the bus trying to sleep and, you know, I really need to fart. <laughs> so I did. And it wasn't like a fart at all. It was just pure brownish water. Oh, Probably f- I didn't see it, but I could feel it just oh shit, this is too late. I couldn't stop it. It was the drain the flute the flute gates were open. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting there, luckily next to the toilet. So I kind of just ran straight in there, grabbed my bag, which I always have a couple of, of baby wipes or you know, those like, <laughs> tissues. Yeah. And I also always have a hammock because it's a good as a pillow it's good as a blanket and also good as a hammer you, yeah. you know as a carry-on it's yeah. good even on, on flights or anything mm. so i mean i couldn't use my pants and i had a plastic bag so i just took everything up wiped my it was just the last wipe and i got clean so i put on my my hammock as a sarong went out sat down we arrived at this place we were supposed to be i woke up daniel i was pissed as fuck mm. obviously i just shit myself and i have a bag i have a plastic bag with my clothes which i obviously want oh. to keep too because i'm yeah. Yeah. went outside and like everywhere in asia there's like ten thousand taxi drivers who wants to tell you that he's the best driver and he can take you and it'll go fast and i handled like the first one he's like no no thank go away Second one. And then the third one, I nearly punched in the face. <laughs> Just told Daniel, like, Dan, you have to take care of this. Like, I, I can't handle this. Something bad will happen. And he got us a tuk-tuk. It was supposed to go uh, across. What's a tuk-tuk? A tuk-tuk is a, uh, you know, the Indian Thai taxi, three-wheel, small, oh, um, see, see. open taxi. It's kind of like a motorbike with three wheels. Okay. You sit in the back. And... We uh, went across the the friendship bridge, which it is called between Thailand and Laos, and uh, I don't remember anything after that. I just fell asleep on uh-huh. the taxi, and they, I have a vague memory of they pointing at me in a, some kind of hole, and they showing up the passport, and like yeah, yeah I let them go. <laughs> I, I seriously, I I just blacked out, okay, <laughs> and then woke up, uh, and slept for probably <laughs> good. 12 hours or something and then we stayed one night in Vientiane and then we traveled on the boat which was another awesome trip because uh, 
Daniel had my friend had some misfortune with a couple of motorbikes down in <laughs> it's like the country I told you about earlier. Okay. Basically what happened was he was he was dumb, I guess. Sorry, Daniel, if you listen to this, but <laughs> you know, the, the classic things. He was out driving somewhere and suddenly the gasoline was out and okay. he turned it to reserve and then he just went a couple hundred meters. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, whoa, what are that about? Yeah. And then he just left it. But he brought his key of it, but he didn't lock it. And then he went to my, and I just, where the fuck did you park it? Like, yeah, no, five minutes away. And we ran up there and it's gone, obviously. No. Somebody's following behind him, pulling extra guy. And then it was gone. We couldn't find yeah, it. Yeah. So we went to the police. And this was the time, actually, I bribed the police as well. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we could do anything. They didn't touch us. But that was okay. too late. You all are, this was the second one he lost, I think. Uh. The second one? Yeah, he lost three. <laughs> there was a lot of money. We, find, we had to pay full for one, I think, $1,200. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but the other ones, this one, the, where, which we found by the police, we didn't find it by the police, though. We went up there, made a report. We didn't really make a report because we knew it not going to lead to anything yeah, anyway. Yeah. And it, good luck going with an insurance company on that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, like, you're never going to get anything. So, all right, Daniel, sorry. I think you have to pay up. So we went into the city. We're about to rent another bike for him mm-hmm. when there's always people hanging around, you know, and those, you know, up for no fucking good. Mm. And I always see them, but I just ignore them. But this time I figured like, yeah, yeah just, you know, I'm going to try this. So in a loud voice, I said like, it, yeah, if anybody finds a motorbike, because his was exactly like mine, but it had steel brackets in front of his, okay. his clutch, his, his handles. <laughs> so if anybody's seen it, there's a finder's fee for, for like 75 bucks. What? A lot of people disappeared. Mm. Three minutes later, it's like, yeah, I found it. So, <laughs> where is it? Man, it's up by the police station. So, hey, really? Oh, is it? Come on. <laughs> and that's when I went in there and told them, like, yeah, yeah dude, I, I really appreciate your work. You're doing fucking awesome work. And I sneaked up a $100 bill. <laughs> and uh, I remember the the police chief was sitting there and watching me, like, lowering his glasses and, like, <laughs> telling the secretary to close the door and everything was fine. <laughs> it was so weird. It was surrealistic. Oh, After man. that, we could do basically anything. And so it's like a movie. <laughs> it was like a movie. And also, in, in that place, I made really good friends. I, sadly, I lost contact with him, uh, Sokmali. Every time he went, I've been there a couple of times more mm. in short trips as well. I yeah. only mentioned the two long trips, but I've been there yeah. and... Uh, he always took care of us. We rented, or he he had this military jeep from, like you know the old, the old classic one from the Vietnam War. So we rode around in that one. Is fucking awesome. <laughs> it's cool as fuck. Okay. And it was hard to drive, and you had to uh. learn it. <laughs> I love that car. So every nice. time, and he knew this, yeah. and we got a dream prize for it. But every time I left from there, we had this game where I hid like a hundred and hundred fifty dollars somewhere like for him <laughs> to find and then he hid it back in our hotel room and like, oh look what I find. I think you dropped this. And you know, I remember the last time we left, uh he had he obviously manages a guest house down there. It's not yeah. called hostels, it's called guest houses. Okay. Um and his father was there building and he doesn't speak any English. So. Okay. So basically what I did, we called the, tag, uh, the, the cab to go to, to uh, the, the bus station. 
And while I was leaving, he's like, yeah, I see you, Sock. And I handed it to his dad. <laughs> and Sock actually chased the, the taxi running like full speed, trying to stop it with the $150 bills. And like, no, 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 just go, just go, just go. Mm. The taxi driver obviously thought that we fooled him something. I, I don't know. But I think they, they all talked to each other. So yeah, what yeah. that ended up to happening was when I brought my, uh, my sister and my, my brother-in-law down there, Another trip I organized, we came from Thailand and we did the same trip, but we didn't stay in the border town. And this was by the time that uh, the society changed there. I think uh, Vingresor, for example, like one of the big companies mm-hmm. started arranging trips down there. So the whole society okay, kind of yeah. changed. It was a bit more safe, if you yeah, know what yeah. I mean. I mean, if you stepped in the wrong in the wrong alley down there, you, you, you can end up pretty bad. It, it could be bad for you. They don't it give a fuck about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's more like the contrast. There's yeah, one yeah. road and you don't walk on that road. I see, I see. It's not a good idea. Yeah. Um, but what happened was I organized it so when we came with a with boat. You take a boat from... You go across the border from Thailand and then you take a boat to this place called Chinookville, which is basically the only bathing, sunbathing place in Cambodia. Okay. Um, so I organized for this guy to, to come and pick us up. I didn't tell anybody. But the boat broke down. It took fucking forever. I think they fixed it with like a sandal strap or something. <laughs> the drive shaft was... Okay. It's like, it's supposed to be like that. Okay, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So, uh, but I was in contact with him uh, on cell phone and he told me, like, I can't wait anymore. I got it. But I'm just leaving the car there. The keys are in. I was like, what do you can't leave the car there? But no, no, it's fine. It's military plates on it. Nobody will touch it. Oh, uh-huh, okay. So when I, we arrived, I still haven't told anybody. The taxi driver said, no, 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 I got to arrange everything. Like, Guys, can you just come. And you just threw my bag in there. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing, Marcus? Like, no, no, it's fine. I, I arranged this car. And they were like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> we just drove. It was awesome. <laughs> Nice. So uh, I make friends everywhere, basically. And mm. I love making friends uh, with the locals. When mm. I go travel, I, I always, like, I had so many questions. Actually, people asking me, do you want to go travel with me? And my straight answer is, I'm sorry, no. Mm. We could do a short trip, but in the long run, if I'm going to travel, because you don't meet people in yeah. the same way. That you don't speak to people. Yeah. I mean, if I want to go, <laughs> also, it's so funny to see on, especially when in South America, you see these big groups of English Israelis and 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 uh, Americans or from the United mm. States and they travel together and they don't speak to anybody else and like what's, <laughs> what's why did you travel here then <laughs> why don't you just go somewhere close and <laughs> I mean you're not experiencing anything at all well they, they obviously do but there's so much more they can experience but I guess I shouldn't judge it's it's not my it's not my place to judge them but it's it's kind of sad to see. Yeah, I, I understand that it's sad to see, but I think people have different uh, expectations of what what they want to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. I've never been traveling. My sister and brother have been traveling like you did, and they always say, yeah, it's totally different if you go alone. I understand that. I still am kind of, yeah, too afraid, I guess. <laughs> nah, dude, just throw yourself in there. I was, I was never... Afraid. I was just, yeah. I doubted myself. Yeah, but that's I, a different thing. I have the problem that I I don't like people who I don't know yet. <laughs> Automatically, <That's hard>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so once what once I learn to know someone, then it's totally fine. I can talk the whole night with them. But like going somewhere alone, and then I 
have a hard time to to start a conversation with someone. So if they start it, I'm a bit reluctant, but then it goes. But if I have to do it, I'm almost never do it. I don't know why. It's it's just a thing you have to overcome. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. also you probably I'm introvert. Mm. Some days I don't want to talk. It could go when I was traveling. It could go three days. I didn't speak to anybody mm. at all. Okay. But nobody bothers you about that either. Yeah. That's that's a nice thing about traveling that's alone. True. You don't have to like where we where we going to eat tonight. It's like what the fuck? Do I care. <laughs> Go whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, that's. True. You know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. you don't have any pressure on you, <coughs> and yeah. uh, and nobody knows that you didn't speak to anyone in no, three days. <laughs> and nobody cares either. Really, <laughs> they don't. <laughs> um, it's uh, it got me to think about people I met around the world. Like, it's going to be hard to tell that. I mean, talking about a round the world trip in, in one and a half hour, it's impossible. So exactly. I'd rather just jump around if it's okay by sure, the way. Sure. Like, I, one of the most interesting things that happened to me was um, when I was in fourth, no, hold on, third or fourth grade. I can't remember this now. Shit. Uh, we had a classmate here in Varberg in Sweden. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a classmate called Daniel from Chile. We actually got uh, one guy from Chile and four, five guys from Jacqueline from El Salvador as well. Yeah, so we got a couple of those guys. So we got an extra teacher who spoke Spanish. Oh, But anyway, they all stayed here. Yeah, they're all most, they're all doing good here in mm-hmm. Sweden. It's fine. So they came in, didn't speak a word of Swedish, but they had a Spanish teacher. And this one kid, Daniel, uh, he suddenly disappeared. I think it was in fourth grade. It was like gone. Okay. The whole family was gone. Hmm. And uh, uh, fast forward until I was about to do this around the world trip. I think it was a year or two years before. No, sorry. That was, no, no, no. no. It was after around my world trip. It was before. So this must have been in 06 maybe. Okay. I got this phone request from a guy in Chile called Daniel. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I looked at oh, the picture Facebook. and like, this is fucking him. Yeah. He found me. <laughs> Actually, he, he searched on Facebook and he found another old classmate of mine. I think it was Jesper Larsen. Yeah, yeah. And then through him, he found his old classmates and he contacted uh. me. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> so I got interested and I, I started digging in what happened. And I'm not going to go into that story. Mm. But it was due to his father's actions here. So his father decided just, no, no, we're going back to Chile. We oh, made okay. a thing I see, here. I see. And uh, they never told Daniel anything at all. He wanted to go back to Sweden. All they had to do, actually, I think they, uh, the parents had to go to the Swedish consulate and sign some paper or something, and then Daniel could actually go back to Sweden. That's, that's what he tells me. I'm not sure yeah, about yeah. this. but So anyway, when I was going to South America, I cont- obviously contacted him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to meet up. And that was amazing. Mm. So amazing. Meeting him there, and uh, I mean, when I was a kid, I was home by Daniel, and I met his family, I met his little brother, uh-huh. I met his mother, Marco, all, all the time. All the time. <laughs> she couldn't speak Swedish, but she was so full of love. And she did the same thing when I came, and I said, hey, we got to go see your family, I told Daniel, because he, he could speak a little bit of Swedish, but okay. we, his English, English is pretty good. Uh-huh. Hi, Daniel, by the way, you're probably going to listen to this. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm coming back soon. <laughs> Just hold on. Uh, anyway, so we went out, went to his, and his mother was like, oh, Marco, I realized it was me immediately and gave me a big warm hug and I was there. It was like, it was so amazing. And uh, we had a good time. He showed me around and I still contact him. I made another good, his, his friend down there, still I contact with. 
another thing that happened about other friends just a couple of weeks ago out of the blue this girl uh, which I met only two nights or three nights. No, we didn't do anything like that. <laughs> we just, I didn't no, 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 but it, <laughs> people presume. Um, uh, I actually don't have sex when I travel. Never mind. Uh, I, out of the blue, she she got into business school, Rachel. <laughs> and uh, she was supposed to bring two or three photographs, which changed her life. And she was going through photos and found me. And there were apparently, I taught her some technique of handling, <laughs> uh, how to handle a, a piece of paper. Uh-huh. If you, I don't, I'm not going to say anything more than that. <laughs> how, how you roll a piece of paper. Yeah. And she still taught that to her friends and she called me a legend. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I, that's the way I want to be remembered. But yeah, sure. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I guess it's, mean, not, it's like, but it's, it's, that's like the whole point of, you meet somebody so short and you can still relate to them and you can contact them after so many years. Mm-hmm. Like Daniel, another guy I met, he, he brought me on this amazing trip. When I was in Mexico, I decided I, I was supposed to go to Costa Rica immediately, or sorry, Guatemala to go to school to learn Spanish. Uh, but, uh, but I did the accident of going to Playa del Karma <laughs> in Mexico, which okay. obviously maybe it's apparent to you listening now that I don't, usually go to touristic places i, yeah, I try yeah. to go to to meet the locals and but i ended up there so i decided nah, i don't want to do mexico anymore let's go down to belize instead so i went to belize and met this guy daniel and we just five minutes we realized we were so nice <laughs> we just kept it we did everything down there and he brought me in he's like no 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 let's go by the bus to guatemala instead and we stayed there and we got to this place called tikal in the middle of Fucking nowhere, amazing place. Mm-hmm. Sheep. It's like in the middle of the rainforest, mm. uh, there's a lake and there is an island and just a tiny bit. And the island is filled with houses in the middle of nowhere. And this morning, uh, this one morning, he woke me up and said, Marcus, I'm going to take you on a trip today. So he just, you know, out of the blue, just be strolled out and, uh, across the city. He found this guy who <laughs> just drove us across, to, straight into the forest, basically. Mm-hmm. We started walking. I don't know if he knew this or if it's just <coughs> pure luck, but there was a wildlife reserve in there oh. with uh, uh, jaguars and monkeys and parrots. It was closed down for tourists. so. But we ended up having a beautiful time. And then we went back. And, and, the, and this was the first time I got... Well, maybe not the first part. The, the first time I got really confronted with how tourism can impact wildlife reserves and stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of people go... There was this this girl we met and when we were hiding food at this place where the karaoke bar where the owner with the biggest mustache I've ever seen in my whole life named <laughs> Elvis sent, Sing Friends in Ultra Tunes. That was awesome. Right? Just that made the trip. <laughs> but anyway, we're sitting there discussing and this girl who is supposed to start work there one week later meets me, Daniel, and another couple of guys, and another girl who's been working there, but mm-hmm. stopped working there, because it was it was something off. And she did this, obviously, pure heart. She cares about the animals. Okay. And the wildlife they serve here, it takes care of, uh, there's a lot of monkeys, but primarily uh, parrots. Mm-hmm. They take the eggs and they export them. There's a lot of money. And the customs oh, okay. take them and they need to go somewhere, because when they take these parents as eggs, they, they, the, parents, uh, the parents teach the kids, how to live, they're not going to survive. They, you yeah, can't yeah, you yeah. can't leave them. So they're basically fucked for the rest of the life. They're going to be in captivity mm, one way yeah, or another. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So they take care of it. But the the weird thing though, what happened because this wildlife also needs money. So they start selling these animals, yeah. which ends up colluding with the hunters. Why should the hunters get caught? They can sell it straight to the... So this yeah. was whole a weird situation. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know what happened to the girl if she actually started working there or but this other girl she realized and she quit and she she was going to write about I don't I don't think it's going to change anything though that's the the way the situation is in the world I read that, uh, about exactly the same thing in Africa where they let uh, what Yegare called it hunters hunters to hunt I don't know lions or something And it costs a, lo- a shitload of money, and then they take that money and try to to in- reinvest it into. It's super weird. I don't know if it. I don't know if it's a. Yeah. Also, there's a lot of. I think what it mostly does is, yes, like if you take Africa, you go down there and help them build something, or you take care of animals. And but what you actually do is you take somebody else's job. Yeah. And also, I heard a lot of stories, and I said, I said, I've seen. Um, documentaries about you know when we come down there and build their houses we don't do a good job anyway so they need to tear it down <laughs> we do it anyway <laughs> so all it does basically is just feel the ego yeah uh, like it, it's a feel-good trip for you yeah but basically it's not really helping you it, could spend that money if it's if it's actually you want to help somebody there's so much better ways you can mm. do it but even sending old clothes down there it just destroys the yeah. textile industry exactly also it adds to the transport and it's It's not a good idea. Uh, the thought is good. It's not working. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the situation in the world right now. People yeah. are under it. They're not stupid. I think a lot of people want to help, but yeah. The level of uneducation in the world is it's mm, it amazes me. <laughs> it's it's so dumb. Yeah. And that's the only way we can we can help with education, I think, because only those people who are there who then know how to do stuff, they can build up their own community. Yeah, and help them do that. Yeah. Give them a fishing pole. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of giving the fish. It's an old yeah. saying, isn't it? That is, yeah. If you give it... That was Jesus. Isn't it the Bible? Yeah, I think I mean, so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Never covered religion, too. <laughs> Let's go into politics. Oh. <laughs> no, wait a minute. <laughs> no, I, have, I have, like, I can speak an hour about how I'm not allowed to go to the United States. I, maybe I am, though. I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's let's leave that. But uh, so, could you just uh, like describe just the the, the way you went uh, in, on your first big trip? It was yeah. first Asia. Yep. And then. Uh, yeah, like all the countries down there, basically. Uh, and um, then I stopped by in Japan, as I told you, and then yeah. to Hawaii. Uh, I only went to Oahu, though, North Shore. Okay. I had a good time. It's a, it's a big shock, though. You know, coming from these poor uh, parts of the world. And trying to cope, everything was so expensive, and the mentality wasn't really what I was open for. And, and surfer dudes, there's nothing wrong with surfer dudes, <laughs> but they're kind of narrow-minded. Yeah. Uh, and uh, nah, <laughs> but I mean, I was staying there, and then I went to San Francisco, and that was that was completely different, though. Okay. It was awesome. It was a good time. I love San Francisco. I only stayed there for for seven days, though. Uh, and then I flew to. Let's not lie. Where did I go? I went straight, yeah, to Brazil. That's mm-hmm. where I went. My, my mom, I want to, I want to talk about my mom for a second. <laughs> sure. <laughs> she's my hero. She, she's, she's so cool. She meets me on, on both of these long trips. She's been coming visiting me. Mm, cool. First time was in Brazil. 
And we went to, my mom went to favela party with me. And she, it was her idea. She, like, she, wants, she knows I'm doing all this weird, crazy stuff. And mm. She wants to see something. And, but, you know, <laughs> I, I always, I, I do crazy stuff, but I, I try to, to do it intelligently, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Not be dumb, not do stuff. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I love going to the favelas, for example. <laughs> I, I, seriously. Could you explain what the favelas are? The favelas is like uh, ghettos uh, being paid by the drug industry, in primarily in in Rio. Well, I don't know what the situation is like in Sao Paulo, and I, I think it's a similar situation, but especially in Rio. You heard about the, the carnival, obviously. Mm-hmm. The carnival schools. Yeah. The schools... Um, they are all situated in, in different kind of favelas. And the favelas are situated in Rio, Rio de Janeiro. Is really, is a lot of mountains everywhere. Okay. The tops and yeah. you've seen the, the Sugar Plum and yeah. uh, Cristo Redento and all that. They're all on hills. And on those steep hills, there are favelas everywhere, basically. I, I don't remember the number now. But there are tiny ones. But the biggest one, for example, is called Hacinha. Uh And I, if I recall correctly, there's about 80,000 people living in there. And it's a tiny area. This as a comparison, there's 60,000 people living in Barberg. Yeah. And the area is, it's, it's tiny. Mm. <laughs> it's like only the central part of Barberg. How okay, you okay, compare yeah. it to? Uh, you've probably seen pictures of it, uh, but it's all, they're living, uh, they're just taking this land, basically. Okay. Uh, the police doesn't go in there. They have their own protection system, uh, which mm-hmm. is the, the drug runners, and they're all controlled by, you don't get older than usually. 30 years probably then you're shot but you live like kingpins <laughs> but to live in these favelas mm. and they have their own schools they have their own they pay for their electricity or steal it <laughs> or they fix it they have the yeah. daycare system they have they have everything working down there interesting uh, but the police doesn't go in there yeah. and it's all paid by uh, the drug money mm. basically also the schools but the schools get their money because it's it's prestige to win the carnival and these schools yeah, exactly. So they okay. also get money in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, uh, you don't pay anything to live there unless, like, they're all built like concrete. All the buildings look exactly like square. And then they build on top of it. And as long as you leave the, the iron rods so another person can build on top of you, you don't pay anything. <laughs> but if you want to stay on top mm-hmm. and you don't, then you have to pay for it. I see. So it's pretty smart. <laughs> but it's still, it, it's weird <laughs> sitting there, there, there are bars along the roads and you sit there and drink and there's 19, 17, 16 sometimes old young guys with mm. AK-47s guarding. <laughs> it, it's, it's weird. It's really fucked up weird. Huh. Uh, but at the same time, you speak to the people living there and they're happy. Okay. And a lot of people I spoke to, there was one girl, for instance, I said, oh, why do you work? So, no, I'm a receptionist at this luxury hotel in that. So, mm. Why do you live here? I was like, I, I can't afford to live anywhere else. Mm. It's impossible for me. Mm. Where would I live? They have, and the, the odd situation with just Brazil, uh, the police force obviously are against this. And they, the yeah. police force in, in Brazil, they're fucked up. Mm. They beat you. They, they have a license to kill, basically. They okay. don't need anything, even with tourists. I see. So people, they warn you, like, if they shout after you, you just keep walking. You don't, you don't even look at them. Just keep, don't run, just walk. And if mm-hmm. they catch you, they probably won't because then they have to move. But if you, <laughs> if you stop and it's an easy catch for them, they're going to find you for something. And then, by <coughs> God, pay that fine immediately. I see. And so, but the police, they obviously can't live in the favelas. Mm. But they still get paid the same as this poor girl working, mm-hmm. working. And the like, like, 
they go by numbers. They don't go by quality. <laughs> so instead, they have like tenfolds. If you watch a Colombia instead, uh, he actually got the Nobel Prize for this. One of the reforms there was to to kick or fire basically the whole police force and have martial law. I think it was like this a couple of weeks, and then they rehired the best and they educated this police force, uh, this policemen, and they they raised. The, the salary like probably three, three or four times mm. so they were they didn't want to be corrupt anymore because mm. if you could then you lose your income yeah, yeah. Uh, and therefore when I was in Colombia I, would, I could go talk to the police I trusted them in mm. Mexico City fuck no I wouldn't <laughs> do that I wouldn't speak to police there so do you think it, it changed since you absolutely. were absolutely okay absolutely you mean uh, Colombia uh, no I mean in Brazil, did it change no, since you were there? No, nothing. I think it's even worse. Okay. If you see the corruption scandal going on there right now, it's and also the environmental system going on. There. Like they don't, they have water shortage every year because they keep cutting down the rainforest. When when we were there, that was in two thousand and what did I say, two thousand and six, right? And they have water shortage when we were there. Only for a couple of days, though. But, you know, yeah. those days grew longer. Every year, those <coughs> two more days. I mean, Halmstad here had the water shortage last, last year in summer. <laughs> it, it, it's but I guess it's on a yeah, different yeah, level. Yeah, but, but the reason is because they're stupid. Yeah. They're, they're stopping the, the whole thing about the monsoons down there. Uh, not the monsoons, uh, the rain seasons. They are generated by uh, the the lung, which is the Amazon. Mm. And if they cut down the river, they're not going to produce as much water to travel down to South America to rain, yeah. to fill the reservoirs. So yeah. they put themselves in that situation. Mm. doesn't help them, though, because it's always the, the poor people who, who... I mean, the rich people are just going to go to the store and buy Nestle water, right? Yeah. It's not going to be an issue for them. No. Same in South America right now. Uh, South Africa right now. It's... Mm. It's always the same thing. And this is what I've learned. Like the nicest people you ever meet is the ones, not necessarily the poorest, but the ones that just, you know, they cope. Mm. They invite you, they give you what they have. If they don't have anything, they just make something for you. They just want to be nice people. They want connections. They want love. They want to be loved, basically. Mm. And that's what it's all about. And when you get money, you forget that. Yeah, that's interesting because... You know, when I lived in Poland, everyone, everybody was not poor, but they basically, I guess, yeah, they, they cope. cope. Yeah. And, uh, they were really friendly to every, to people coming in and so on. And uh, community. Uh, exactly. And you were like, like a little king. They, they put everything on the table, which they had and so Hospitality, on. Yeah. I feel. Perhaps it's just me, but no, it's not just me because I was listening to a podcast uh, and a girl who who basically moved when I moved to Germany. She also moved to Germany, and she said exactly the same that that changed since Poland got up in the uh, like ladder. Basically, they have it better now. They don't need to be friendly anymore, ah. and then they kind of stopped. <laughs> I think it's the same in Sweden too. Mm, could be like the middle class. It's it's not. I I can't view the middle class in Sweden as middle class in in the world. The middle class in Sweden is we're <laughs> we're so rich here. Yeah, it's fucked up. But who is? Uh, I guess I'm middle class. Uh, or how? No, do you, how, I would do you define put? you way higher. Than, I'm middle okay. class. I think because 
you know, when you have money after you pay your expenses and you still have money over, that's when you're middle class mm. in my book. I don't know. Maybe that's another definition, but that's middle class to me. If you have a lot of money, then you're not middle class anymore. Mm. Then you I guess a lot consume. of money is like a weird... No, no, but I mean, yeah, but it's also a comparison. If you compare to Bill Gates, yeah, sure. Yeah. But I mean, but, I mean yeah, like it's always the factory relative, worker yeah. here, uh, yeah. like you're working yeah. nine to five and, and earning and having like maybe 200 euros each month yeah. that they can go drink in the restaurants and whatever. I don't know. That, that's a bad. Dis- that's a weird discussion. I don't know. I haven't thought about it actually. I don't really care either because no, no, money I just doesn't wanted matter. To know about, uh, around where? Yeah, yeah. yeah when no, you no, say no. this, because this word means totally different things to different people. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But you know, it doesn't really matter in the class. What, what yeah. do you need that for? It's just dumb. That's the theory. In practice, we apparently can't live without class. We we laugh at the class system in India, but we have the exact same system. Them. Yeah, but it's and people in classes don't mix it, and so on. So. <laughs> At least they're honest with it. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> no, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> no, that was bad. I'm sorry. Uh, there's one more thing, though. I, unless we hmm? should talk about, I talked a lot about uh, how I met local people and all that mm. but i there's so, also so how places. was the, the whole english speaking i guess you in south america english it was weird they if you speak spanish like i told you i went to school for three weeks didn't help much okay but i could cope i learned spanish I, like i said uh, like this this uh, like i said this vacation is my my school basically i uh, okay. i could start i can have slow conversations and Okay. I mean, obviously, maybe not talk about the the infrastructure and the, the political <laughs> system in in, in each sure. country, but sure, sure. you know, I could I could make myself understood and just be friendly. And also, usually, if I meet a local person, that person could speak English. Okay. I, I try obviously try to meet up somebody like that. Yeah, I see. And you could usually in South America, there's some dude working in like the reception that's local yeah, who can yeah. introduce you to somebody else, and okay, okay. you know, you can go that way. Uh, the best though is just hanging out, just see, meeting somebody, and out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> sure. so, so that's what happened. Well, not really, but I went to this. Place. But com- compared yeah. to compared to Asia, was it worse? English wise, yeah, yeah, okay. uh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, <laughs> because maybe, it, that, it's maybe that's not fair though. Yeah. Because I, I I know I was in. I have only a comparison, for example, between Japan and Korea. And when I went for the first time to Japan, I thought, Jesus, they almost don't speak English at all. But then I went to Korea and they really didn't speak English. <laughs> so I thought, shit, this Japanese, they know the English, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> but you have been in so many different countries. You have like a much broader sense. Yeah, of- that's true. But it's also... Spanish, it's, you can read that shit. Mm, we speak right. Swedish, English, it's the yeah. same language. Too. It's not impossible. Yeah, so, I mean, restaurants and stuff, easier, it's not yeah. hard. It's yeah. easy. And you can also, I mean, it's pretty easy to, to learn what eggs is where. But, I mean, it's not hard. No, no, okay. <laughs> also, yeah, there's always, I, I don't go to McDonald's and stuff like that, but they always have like the local thingy of yeah. like chicken I mean, wings and whatever. You can I always point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the worst case scenario. But I didn't, I, usually I tried to go to a proper restaurant. Mm. Uh, and I, I've been had, traveling <coughs> most cheap countries, for instance, in like Bolivia. 
Mm. You can go out and have a, a three meal with cognac, coffee, and a couple of beers for like around 10 euros. Mm. But back then, maybe 15 now. Okay. It's, it's stupid cheap. <laughs> it's <laughs> retarded. Yeah. So, but I was, um, before I met this girl I told you about earlier, that, that, uh, about the business school ratio. I was traveling from, because I was going an every trip or these two trips, I've, I've ended up in Roskilde Festival, mm-hmm. like the last part. And then I go home. Okay. So I was traveling, I was in La Paz and I was, I had to go to, to Rio de Janeiro. Sorry, in, uh, not Rio. I had to go to Argentina, uh, to fly home, which is where I met her. So I took this bus and everybody told me, no, 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 pay a little bit extra. Take it back. Good bus. Like, nah, I'm gonna get cheap. this is going to be a good adventure. Wrong. Not a good adventure at all. It was supposed to take three days and my plane left in like four and a half. Okay. But it took four and a half. So I basically arrived at the airport an hour too late for the plane to leave. <coughs> oh, so I'm like, Jesus. oh my God. So I missed my plane. Mm. Uh, and luckily for me, my, my father gave me as a Christmas gift. I, I tried to implement this in my family as well, but you don't need, we don't need to give gifts, like yeah. give it somewhere else. Like, you know, you can give, oh shit, you gave medicine to this or whatever this Christmas. Yeah. So I didn't want anything, but he said like, yeah, nevertheless, Marcus, if, if you ever end up somewhere and you need my help, you can, you know, give me a call. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> like, hey dad, <laughs> I failed. So, <laughs> so I stayed there for, and that's, I was there earlier. So I had this guy who was working as an English te- teacher by the time I was there. It was two months earlier then. So I kept traveling. So I met this guy. So I contacted him again. They're like, what are you doing? No, no, no I live in an apartment now. I'm working as an English teacher. You want to come by? We're yeah. having a little party. But, you know, you always have a couch to sleep on. So, yeah, okay, cool. That's where I met these people. Mm-hmm. So the, yeah. the situation, like the shitty situation and this four day, trip with no no heat and the bus it was terrible you know we went over the path it was up at five thousand meters that's cold you know sitting in the bus which broke down all the time oh you couldn't sleep and this bus was even worse than the one in asia this was probably from 43 (laughs) or something no no and they all drive scania so volvo or scania (laughs) swedish stuff down there so i like that though yeah they all always repaired it It was no no problem yeah (laughs) yeah those old buses you can yeah with the sandal straps again (laughs) (laughs) it's uh, no but stuff like that it's amazing i still remember i don't remember the trip but i remember the situation obviously yeah and the way i got to bolivia uh, sorry from uh, yeah, to La Paz was going obviously over the Altiplano from Chile. Okay. Altiplano is the highest altitude desert in the world. It's higher than Gobi Desert. So it goes up to, we, we took three days. Uh, first off, you started, uh, I started out at a place with everybody goes there. It's called uh, San Pedro de Atacama. It's on the Chilean side. Mm-hmm. It's about 4,500 or 4,000 meters up there. Met friends there as well. Still got contact. <laughs> uh, so I stayed that most people, they recommend them to stay there like two or three days to acclimatize uh, for the altitude. Otherwise yeah. you get sick. Okay. You, altitude sickness. And you don't want that. I get a description as your hangover and uh, you're seasick at the same time, but you can't get anything inside of you. And the problem is actually not the high altitude. It's, it, you, you drain your body. You can't get fluid since you. <coughs> so every time you drink water, you just throw up. So it's really dangerous for you, actually. Interesting. So I stayed there. They said two or three days uh, because the trip over the Altiplano, you sleep for one day, it's up close to 6,000 meters. Mm. It's amazing. But this girl, so I stayed there for a week and we did the trip. 
or I did the trip. So you end up together with another couple of people. And there was this obviously American girl who, when we were up, uh, and the, the nature, by the way, it's like walking on Mars. It's <laughs> so freaky. It's okay. weird. And everything is so clear because the altitude is high and the yeah. sand everywhere, no trees. Uh-huh. But suddenly there's some bushes and then you drive for hours and hours. Sand is like, how the fuck did I find the way? Like, yeah, he showed me his GPS. Like, yeah, but I don't really need that, I said. He, because yeah. he goes, you know, they see the high mountains, the peaks. You know what, which direction. And then after a while, they're going to be soundtracks. Yeah, I guess it was not his first no, time. No, but just, no, obviously not. So we went up there and, and then, you know, you go, you drive and you, you stop at this hot spring. And it's cold as fuck because it's high altitude. You have a 5,000 meter and you bathe in there, 35 degrees water. And you keep going. There's a volcano and la-da-da-da-da. And then suddenly there's a lake. There's like no animals, absolutely uh-huh. no animals at all. And there's a lake and there's like 4,000 flamingos in the lake and the lake is green. It's everything is weird. And they, and they get the color from, this is actually why they're red uh, and every different kind. They eat, they eat the, um, what do you call it? The minerals okay. in the water. They filter the water and that's what gets them the color actually. I like. Hmm. Otherwise they'd be white. Hmm. Apparently, I think there are some flamingos living somewhere in southern part uh, in uh, Mediterranean somewhere. Uh-huh. Uh, they are white because they don't have this mineral. It's weird. <laughs> hmm. But then you meet, and we stop by the night at six thousand two hundred meters. I think you know you you can walk for a hundred meters and then you lost your breath. Don't even yeah. try to run. Yeah. Like you die. Yeah. It's and this girl started getting feelings in the evening, and. Uh, like, this is not good. You started throwing up and it's getting worse and worse. And I told her, like, the only, the only thing you can do is, is I got coca leaves here. Well, the thing you make cocaine from. And that's what the locals do. You, you chew that and it okay. opens up the, the red blood cells so they can uh, absorb more oxygen or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's, and it works. So I, I forced it into her and suddenly she could actually keep the water down. And that's yeah. the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the day after we went down to about 4,000 meters and slept and she was better. But there were discussions about, yeah, how do we do this? Like, do we send one? Because we were two, two cars. Ah, okay. Do we go back with one car? I'm, I was like, it's fine. I don't have a rush. I can go with you in this car. It's, mm-hmm. it's fine. But we ended up fixing it anyway. <laughs> so, but, and then on the fourth day, no, sorry, the third, third day we went by and we went a little bit lower. I think it was about 3,500. It's still above the tree line, but that's when you start seeing all these herds of alpaca you see, you know, okay, they, yeah. they, they put the strings in them with colors and <laughs> they herd them and it is fucking beautiful animals. Uh-huh. Alpacas and, and, uh, and some llamas for the, the defense. What's the difference between a llama and llamas way bigger? Okay. Huge. And you, you basically just eat them. Uh-huh. You don't, and the alpaca is for the wool. Ah. And they're the cute ones. Okay, okay. But the big ones, they, they, they only have a few of those but for protection, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are mountain lions. Or, sorry, a different kind of... Actually, what's down there? It's probably jaguars. Okay. Well, they are, they are animals down there. Mm-hmm. So they need it for protection, basically. Hmm. Maybe they don't, because nowadays... Well, yeah, in the nighttime, when they're, when they're sleeping, when they can't hurt them. So. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard stories, actually, where they have that in Canada, where they have sheep. So for protection against okay. the wolves, because yeah, yeah. the 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 llamas they don't fucking back down, <laughs> <laughs> and they they like they have long necks, so yeah. they see them early. So the warning for the sheep, and then they protect the sheep. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's one way of instead of shooting all the the wild animals who actually live up there. Maybe you should get a protection system instead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
nevertheless then we <coughs> so we ended up there and uh, we had some food and then we saw some construction workers having like lunchtime and there was a football and i got the brilliant idea like yeah let's challenge them mm-hmm. 4500 meters <laughs> oh come on <laughs> it was not a good idea <laughs> i threw up after 10 minutes well i didn't throw up but we had to like yeah, yeah, yeah guys and they played that shit and they were just laughing and they understood that we were yeah, but yeah. we were good sports you know we shared we shared a beer afterwards and it was fun and then we slept uh, and uh, I remember they play ping pong everywhere down there. It's weird. In Asia, they play they play pool or billiard everywhere. Okay. But in in uh, uh, at the bar, in South America, yeah, at the bars everywhere. Hmm. In South America, it's the ping pong everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what that is about, but I love it. I, I prefer ping pong actually. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this is a side story. And then we came to the Salar de Oyuni, which is so. Uh, you might have seen this. You have a camera you would love this mm. it's salt lakes basically uh-huh. there used to be ocean up there but the the land shift trapped a lot of water okay. and the water evaporated and only left the salt which cool. is they drilled in it and the deepest parts i think it's up to eight meters but the lake itself it's huge a couple of kilometers in each direction and there's an island in the middle of it so wait is it just salt or? yeah just 100 salt so you drive on it Okay. packed salt and it's completely white so and then we <laughs> came to this island well island if you want to call it yeah it's not salt and there was this huge cactuses like we're talking four or five meters huh. huge and then they told us like yeah maybe you've seen the pictures and but you can make really awesome pictures there because of the contrast because yeah. everything is and it's clean this is, this is still four thousand meters up in there i see okay and um You can basically take a toy car, maybe, or a beer bottle, and somebody holds it just in front of the camera, and another guy walks up 20 meters or something, and then you take the picture. And because the contrast is so high, the camera can't... They focus on everything. The focus is perfect. So it looks like if you hold your hands up, you know, like the Paris, you hold the Paris, and it's really easy. Yeah, or I have pictures Because of me holding up my dreads and people standing on it dancing and stuff like that. It's cool. really amazing. Cool. It's, just, it's really cool. So uh, we did that, and then uh, after that, I stayed in Uni, which is another place. You know, people stay there for maximum, maybe just over the day, and take a bus. Mm. But I stayed there a couple of days mm. uh, and hang, uh, met up with Meg, for example, which is now a medical herbalist. I think. Okay. Yeah, Meg, if you listen to this, hi. I haven't spoken to you for a while. Um, And we did the the natural trip, you know, over the Potosi, which is uh, another way of viewing social structure. Uh, people there, especially everybody worked in the mines. The, the, I think it was zinc mines, okay. and no protection or anything at all. Like, and the the, oh, the okay. dads work and they provide for the family, and then this, they die. The son jumps in at fifteen, fourteen years old, mm. start carrying their stuff, and then when they arise in their hierarchy. They go down to to be to to use explosions, and they earn a little bit extra money, but they they get a they get paid per kilo basically, and it's not enough. And then the sun dies, and they need to get a family starting early, either because they're not gonna live until thirty. Anyways, yeah, yeah. it's a fucked up situation there as well, and mm. nobody really cared because it works. <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> it's it's weird, and then the, the reason the whole Bolivia. I'm sorry, my Chilean friends, but Chile kind of ass fucked Bolivia. 
and stole their access to the ocean. Before that, they were doing fine. They could export, import, they could fish. Mm. After that, now Bolivia is one of the most poor countries in the world. And I was there, I can't remember what the day was called, but there was this captain who did some heroic thingy. Uh, And they celebrate that up to this day. And this was only like a hundred years ago or something. Mm -hmm. And they actually, I got really upset and I told my friend, I can't be out tonight. Like people who got partying, I'm going home. (laughs) Otherwise I could end up in an argument which you wouldn't (laughs) like. And uh, you know, it's it's not a good idea. And so wait, this is like Columbus Day or something? Yeah, like something that? like that. Okay. Basically, they they'd celebrate, well, they call it the, the name of the captain. I can't remember the name. Yeah, yeah. And uh, hmm. uh, yeah. and in they have, the, no, they're, they think they're the best people in South Africa. <laughs> they, all, they all think they're the best people. Though. But Chile has actually been doing pretty okay. Yeah. But they have an army since a couple of hundred years. Not even like conquistadors. They had problems coming in there as well, okay. I think. Um, so every time they need to solve, this is something we don't read about the history because I can't remember everything, but no. they told me about all these histories between the countries. And when Chile's numerous times have sent troops, like also for Colombia, like we really need help, but this is going to affect you as well. Yeah. And then they did like, uh, and then they paid, the Colombians had to pay for them. I, I can't remember if it was Colombians or Chileans or whatever it was, okay. or Peruvians, but this is a situation and, and Chileans are really proud about that. Mm-hmm thinking themselves of the police of South America. And then obviously you come to Argentina, they don't like that <laughs> because they're really hard socialists, of course. Uh, the history is on that. And then they have the old fascist regime in in Chile, which mm. in some parts, I didn't dig too deep in this, but I think it still is there in, okay. in certain parts in Chile. Yeah. I'm sorry if I bash talk <laughs> Chile right now, but I... Yeah. This is stuff we don't hear about. Though. No, it's too far away. I had no idea when I was down there. You can't know anything. Everything no, either, no. actually, I guess. But yeah, but still, America is quite far away, also. But everybody we, hates we, the US. Then. <laughs> everybody hates the United States. It's not a single country. Not that I've been to, though. Yeah. But I don't think. The, I mean, the whole situation in Colombia and. And with the drug CIA drug war there, that you can spend an hour talking about the problems yeah, there. But, you know, then it's going to be too political. Yeah. I don't think you want that. <laughs> you know my views about it anyway, and we have similar views. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> we can take it in a different episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Water. Uh, so... It was Asia and South South America, basically. But you were also in San Francisco and so on. Yeah, so I I went... uh, Yeah, I'm just the plane ticket. So I was in Brazil, and then I met mom, and then I went to Argentina, and then... No, hold on, I'm lying. I went to Peru first, and then to to Argentina. Yeah. Uh, Brazil, and with mom. mom So how long did you stay? It was like a week, a month? No, in South America, every country, I think it was about... Four or three, three, four weeks in each country. Okay. I rushed it. Yeah. I didn't really rush it, but I felt like I'd never done Patagonia. I passed um, <laughs> Machu Picchu two times, and mm-hmm. I figured like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm saving that to come back a later time. <laughs> I actually passed it okay. <laughs> a couple of times to school, and but I intentionally not done it. For instance, and I have the whole of Patagonia, so I only did a short, and then I went back again, like I told you, mm-hmm. in in o uh, seven. And stayed there for seven months. Then it was longer time. That's when I did my ayahuasca trip and everything down there. I stayed in 
in I went straight down to Leticia, met a guy. I got my paragliding license in Colombia. And I went, this guy told me, Canadian guy, said, no, 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 come with me to Leticia. Like, what's there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's in the middle of nowhere. That's, that's the whole point. So like, yeah, what are we going to do there? So we just hang out there again, just hanging out. Yeah. Most people gone down there. Yeah. So your second uh, trip was also quite long, seven months. Yeah. Mostly months, South yeah. America. Only South America. Yeah. Only South America. And Roskilde. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always end up there. Uh, so that's where we, and we hang around. Then after after a couple of days, this guy comes up to us like, "What are you doing here?" Mm-hmm. Like they all, it's not a big town. They mm-hmm. recognize me with Madrids and all that. <laughs> and as we told them like, "We don't want to do this American thingy that where people come down there, they go to this resort, they, they pet the dolphin, they see the snake, and they yeah. go back, and yeah, yeah. maybe they do this touristic ayahuasca trip." Which I haven't even thought about when I started. It was just when I was down there, people okay. started telling me, like, you should do this, Marcus. It, it seems like to be your thing. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. So we ended up going with this another guy called Elvis. He invited us to, to go. And this was in the in December in the heights where the water is as high as it can be. Okay. So every, everything, the wildlife lives up the Every, like this flower, flowers, every, this is their high, the peak, the summer. Ah. The fish are flowering. Uh, Everything is just alive. So, but he, the rise, the, the water was getting higher, higher, and he has his house in the middle of nowhere. It was in Colombia, in Laticia. And the other part of the city is called Tabatinga, which is in Brazil, but there's no checkpoint because you can't, you can't get out of there. <laughs> you yeah, have to yeah. go to the checkpoint anyway or to the airport. Yeah. So you, they don't care. It's just a line. And then suddenly everything is in Portuguese. <laughs> and then on the other side of the river, there's Peru, which is in his. So we just took it. He arranged everything. I, I think I paid in Swedish crowns. Uh, let me think now. So I'm not lie. Yeah, altogether it's about 2,000 crowns. 200 euros yeah. for two weeks, oh. including everything. Nice. food everything yeah, yeah. and we went down there we took about six hours straight into the middle of nowhere mm. and arrived i don't know how they found their way i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing to be out there and with no electricity you go to bed when the sun sets you go you rise when the sun rises does it is it like 12 hours sun yeah it's exactly underneath the, yeah, the equator basically yeah. And we hang around. So I saw like the proper wildlife. I saw the real dolphins and like, can we, can we go close? No, hell no. You don't go close to them. <laughs> the, like they're wild. They're not, they're, you said you didn't want to do like, like, yeah, 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 it's fine. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're vicious. They're, they're intelligent animals. So they don't want you there. So, and he also went chasing caiman and he, he caught a caiman two and a half meters. Oh, it's really weird. Yeah. But just with a string in the middle of the night, we went out with his boats, canyons basically. Uh-huh. Uh, and they're all like a couple of inches on top of the water and you have to empty them all the time because they're leaking, but that's the way it works. <laughs> so he was driving up with a, with a flashlight and you can see the eyes because the reptiles, obviously. So yeah. he just took aim, killed the engine, the small engine in the back and then just <laughs> rolled up there and took a string. Uh, with like a lasso, a small mm-hmm. lasso, place it on top of the mouth. We didn't, we were just saw, seeing him, we were seeing him in the back of the boat. Okay. He's laying in top, in front of the boat with uh. his hand down there doing something. Yeah. And then suddenly, blah, 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 blah. so what he did, he put uh, the, the string thingy on top of the nose. And what happens then when the, the caiman, which is an alligator, it came in as a huge alligator. Okay. Um, uh, it goes into panic mode protection and it starts bending. So it's just, you know, and ah. you go with the string. 
So it was like a, a little ball, and you just pull it into the boat, and we're like, what the fuck, dude? And I nearly, I nearly shit myself. I've never been that scared in my whole life. I've been in situations, but that was, holy shit, <laughs> nearly killed. So what did you guys do with it? No, 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 we just, I didn't even, I wasn't, none of us took pictures or anything. We just panicked, so we just, no, no, release it back. <laughs> he was just trying to, imp- uh, ah, okay. to impress us, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah. this is... Fucking hell, man. Would you do that? <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> well, that was cool. So after that, we stayed there a couple of days. And then he asked us, like, do you want to go in even deeper and live with a shaman for a couple of days? Okay. Uh, um, up to six or seven days. But yeah, sure. And then maybe he will allow you to do the ayahuasca trip. But he will. He has to allow you. Mm. has to let you in. And we did. So we started going on fasts. Uh, just meditating the whole day long and he he left us there and yeah. he didn't he speak spoke hard. none of us spoke any spanish really and this guy he couldn't really speak spanish either mm. the the local so we meditated and then i did my ayahuasca trip and that's when my life changed but completely <laughs> before you explain that uh, so I can't explain that. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, at least talk about it uh, about the meditating i know that you you Learned some, somewhere meditating. Was it on all, one of those trips? or No, I didn't learn meditation. I did, Well, I guess I learned it, but I did myself. I see, okay. Uh, I don't know if it's the right way to meditate. I have no idea, but it works for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. I, I've never been in a... But you've been there, and you, you guys have been meditating somehow, so I guess... Well, it's... yeah, basically it was the, the, the drumming, humming thingy, like okay. where he and we just sat there for hours, basically. I see, and he, okay basically tried to explain to us to to maybe wake up for for a certain point in sun and, and focus on a certain point and then just close our eyes and then we, he was just sitting there humming and playing drums and stuff Interesting. it's weird and you you get calm i don't know yeah. if it actually helped me to get it but he he told me he, he didn't let me in first mm-hmm. he did the trip with the other guy first yeah because he said i needed somewhere working and uh, i kind of upset me first but <laughs> after a while i realized he was probably right yeah yeah he knows <laughs> and then the trip came and yeah that was yeah, I, i'm not supposed to talk about that actually but in the short term i he throws it, it's like being on two planes at the same time you you know you're sitting there mm-hmm. and you can open your eyes at any time but you're still in another universe and for me i I was in that universe and I entered myself, like my own body. But that body, I could change into anything. I, I was a monkey. <laughs> I was a dolphin. I'm not. Okay. I'm not kidding. Like that is most. Fu- I can't. That's why I, I can't explain it. Okay. But I was not in my mind, but in my body, in so, the other plane. Uh, it's weird. And you, then you have yeah. So ayahuasca is some kind of it's a DMT plant basically. Or yeah, it's a plant. Okay. They boil it. For, it tastes like shit. And it makes you throw up. It it cleanses you, like they say. And it might do. I don't know. The throwing up cleanses you actually, but. But it's also a drug. It's well, yeah. Depends how you look at it. It's DMT basically. It's the same substance you have every night when you dream. I so see. it's. Okay. I guess it's kind of a lucid dreaming, and that's where. Because I've heard a lot of people then when we came back and we were we were lyrical basically. Mm. What the fuck was this? <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah. And people said like, what? Yeah, yeah, I had some coloring and everything was weird and I was throwing up and yeah, you didn't meditate, did you? Or like, you really need, and then it's different. He, he actually, the, like the shaman, he could control me. He pulled me down and okay. like, shook me and he, he cursed me. He didn't curse me, he blessed <laughs> me or whatever yeah, yeah. he did. And 
it's took and it used tobacco like raw tobacco and you have to smoke that and it made me cough and it blew <laughs> up and and then he just looked me and he i remember he had one hand in my forehead and one hand on top of my heart and then just pushing me and then just i flew up in the universe and then okay. i was back and the other it's so weird so what's the purpose for him why why, the, why does he the, do it with like not to help some, to help people some he's a shaman okay. it's his it's his life work basically he's a medicine man and what he tried to do with that i don't know but I, I, what i found out was like i told you earlier it was stuff about myself that i didn't want to know <laughs> it's only that basically well, except for playing and stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, like being animals but i also st- spoke to now it's getting deep and people look weird on me and when I say this but I spoke to my extended girlfriend and stuff like that and she said stuff and also actually I spoke mm. to my grandmother and she said stuff mm. that freaked out family member like it's weird yeah. she was saying weird stuff which I later found out yeah that was true okay I don't want to go into it yeah um, don't need to but no no I don't think I should either but absolutely the understanding about myself and that mm. made me Uh, like feminism today is a huge part it didn't it wasn't mm. and also especially with this me too thing I, I was I've been thinking about this earlier I, I reached out to some people I, I've done wrong when I was young but and then the natural explanation is I didn't know better but yeah sure mm. but that's not that's <laughs> not doesn't make it right does it no so but I, that's all I can do basically and try to But that's one of the big parts that changed me in that ayahuasca. Interesting, okay. Uh, it made me think like, yeah, I'm a saint. <laughs> and that's what I mean, by the way, we're all assholes. <laughs> the, we all are. It's yeah. just the way you look at it. <laughs> it yeah. Like what was right 200, for instance, like what is moral? Mm. Uh, to what was moral 200 years ago is it, well, that's not moral today or 300 years ago they had slaves for fuck's sake yeah. that was moral yeah. <laughs> so I mean <laughs> it's all a point of view you just have to try to better yourself each and every day and I struggle with it and mom I'm sorry <laughs> I'm an asshole I'm a narcissistic asshole and you have to cope with it but and and that's one of the other reasons I don't I don't want to go into relationships anymore. Well, obviously, I'm not going to say no if I find the right person, but mm. it's not worth it, neither for me or for another part. Uh, and also, I think it has to do with that. I decided pretty early. I don't want kin- I don't want children. Mm. If I want children, I can adopt. Mm. Basically, sure. that's too much people in the world anyway. If I need to love somebody, <laughs> or sorry, I'm not going to. I'm not going to love my adopted children less. I'm I'm 100% positive about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I admit it. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> so would you would you recommend ayahuasca to other people or if I mean if you're there already and It's a, it's a weird have question. The... You have to be the right. You have to be open-minded for it. Okay. That's what I mean. Like You can do ayahuasca, but it's not going to do anything for you other than make you really spin your head and see some fun colors and stuff. Okay. So what you need to do, you need to really... There are actually some in Sweden. One of the best ayahuasca doctors, I think, is still active, uh, or shamans. He's Swedish. Mm-hmm. And since I don't think ayahuasca is illegal, actually, in no. Sweden either. So, but you need to go to those resorts where it involves meditation, Where you eat the right stuff, the client like so you you yeah. go into the right mindset. You don't yeah, want yeah. to do it because, yeah, this is this is 
Well, for me, it was actually. <laughs> That's, maybe I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know. But I no, I would I would recommend people do it where I did it then, or go yeah. in Sweden or somewhere else where they have those resorts for one week yeah, yeah. and pay like ten thousand or a thousand yeah. euros for it. That's yeah. what you have to do. I paid nothing down there. Mm. I'd rather well then okay. Let's say it this way: if you want to do ayahuasca, <laughs> buy a fucking train, uh, the plane ticket to South America and do it there. <laughs> it's probably the same money anyway, yeah, exactly, and, and yeah. it's going to be way more cooler, and you're yeah, going to yeah. see a couple of monkeys and <laughs> and, and maybe not bathe with the dolphins. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Well, yeah, you could do that if you want to actually, if you want to pay extra and go. I, I, once again, I think it's yeah. just the dolphins. I don't think they mind though. Mm. But usually I'm against when you, when you watch wildlife, you shouldn't intervene. You shouldn't touch them. You should, you can watch them. They can watch you and that's it. Mm. Don't go mandolin their lives and they won't mandolin yours mm. like wolves. Here in Warburg, we have this, uh, Fogel Reservat, which is, what do you call it in English, like... Uh, a bird reserve. Yeah. I think it, it's a reserve, wildlife reserve. Basically. Yeah. And there they built, like, like those small paths and small, like, houses where you can hide without disturbing them. And if you have a nice long lens, then you can get pretty cool pictures. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not a bird... Hold on, I saw that movie, isn't it? I'm a bird. No, hold on. It's called what's the name? Birdman. No, 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 no. I'm a birder, or now it's uh-huh, okay. bird I watcher. Now that was oh, yeah, with yeah. Owen Wilson, that movie. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> now we're getting off track. But yeah, I've never been much of that, but maybe I should. You know, I mean, it's so close. It. You can go there, basically. Yeah, it's free, right? Yeah. But can you rent like a binocular? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, only during opening hours, but yeah, yeah, yeah of course. But otherwise, they have those uh, like where you only look through one big one. Yeah, for example, so you can get it and just put it there and then uh, look at the birds. You should oh. do that this summer then. Yeah, cool. yeah, exactly. During the summer, it's much much more interesting because there are more, many more birds and stuff like this. Yeah, it's it's a it's a date. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I also want to to go with uh, David uh, uh-huh. because he's a hunter. And yeah, I want to go hunt seal with him. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, we have seal here. So yeah, he took me out. He has a boat. He has a hunter. Jesus Christ, we I saw some seals when when we went on the boat. Uh, uh, but I want to go hunting like uh, elk or or, or some. Um, wild boars or something because basically they do basically the same as i do but i would do it with my camera Mm -hmm. but they go during the morning like really early and then sit there for a long time and wait really quiet that's kind of a meditation absolutely (laughs) absolutely. the only thing they then shoot and the boar is dead but i would just try to take pictures don't shoot yet don't shoot it hold on oh it's gone (laughs) Wink, wink. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I don't have anything against hunting, though, as long as it's it's for the good of uh, of the pack or what is it, or the wildlife, basically. I mean, well, I've, I've been touching wolves a couple of times. I don't know why I do that, but okay. that's not okay shooting them, though. I think. No, yeah. I mean. Somehow it's a weird topic in Sweden and wolves. Yeah, well, I mean, if they attack children and they start showing tendencies, like I think there was one in Vanland right now, mm. showing tendencies that it wasn't different. Yeah, sure, you have to get rid of it. Mm. 
and they tried actually i think they tried to move it a couple of times but okay. it just walked back and, and yeah sure i mean what are you going to do you can't have the children getting eaten by a wolf it's not good or dogs being attacked like it's but let's go back yeah, to your yeah. <laughs> to your two uh, uh, journeys so the second time uh was south america yeah and you told us about the ayahuasca <laughs> thingy yeah. Uh, what more did you do? Uh, hold on, that trip. Uh, or, or perhaps uh, one question before that: Why did you decide to only go to to South America and not, for example, to 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 Asia for for the second? I'm both done with Asia. Okay, basically. Well, I still love China, of course. There's big parts of Asia I haven't done. I haven't done Indonesia, yeah. for instance, or Malaysia, or all those parts. But I, I feel like I don't need to. But China, though, it's on. It's on my list. It's okay. a different thing. Mm-hmm. China, Tibet, Mongolia. Yeah, that's also Asia. It's it's Absolutely. huge. It's huge. But Southeast Asia, I'm not. I can do that for mm. short periods of time just to go down there and you know the experience of having sheep here, basically. <laughs> But I would rather do that even, actually, go uh-huh. to northern Colombia instead. Okay. Because yeah. it's the same situation. And they speak English, because, you know, northern Colombia is like Greece to us, to the United mm-hmm. States, kind of. Okay. They, they, that's where they go. Not all of them, but some yeah, of them, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's reasonably cheap. It's, it's safe. They speak English. If you just want to do that. But the reason I went back to South America was just, I was intrigued. This, this was something different. This mm-hmm. was amazing. This history to learn. This is, uh, it's, it's a big challenge, of course, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and also, the variety of the countries in South America is so much different than the variety of South America. I would Interesting, say. okay. Uh, South Asia, I would say, yeah. Uh, like, for instance, if you go, like, again, Compare Bolivia, the, one of the, uh, the, the poorest countries in, on earth, and you go to, to Chile, which is way richer, uh, or you go to Colombia and see the varieties up there from all the cheap people up in the jungles to the, the high, super rich people in Bogota. Mm. But also the nature. It's so different. You can see yeah. deserts. You can see high mountains with snow. You can see you have the Amazon. That is nothing like that. Well, I guess there are some rainforests in Southeast Asia as well, but they're not accept- accessible the same way. Like okay. with yeah. the, the the Amazon River, you can travel along. Ah, I see. Okay. It's a different thing, and deserts, of course. And and high, like huge place, the whole of Patagonia, the South Park of, of um, I haven't been there though yet. Mm. I'm saving it for another trip. I'm gonna travel until I'm 200. <laughs> like I'm never gonna get hopefully. Up. Yeah, uh, and that's the only reason I went back there. Mm. Basically, I was I got curious. Yeah, I was there for such a short time, mm. and uh, yeah, it, it's more fun. And also, it's not the There's certain levels of backpacking, if you know what I mean. Okay. There are so many, I don't want to say stupid backpackers, but, <laughs> you know, they are only there to, to drink alcohol and do drugs, basically. Mm. There's a lot of people. That say, it's, it's just to realize, and people who say, no, 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 that's not what I'm traveling. Yeah, sure, maybe not for you, but there's a lot of people that is. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't judge, sure. Uh, where was I? Why was I going with this? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You don't meet those people in South America. Ah. So you don't have to hustle with them. The people there, they're usually pretty educated. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are 
green travelers, if you know what I mean, the, the, the environment travelers, they don't spend huge amounts of, of going by planes. Oh, okay. They all, we all travel by bus standard. There are planes, of course, but yeah, yeah. people just, I don't know why. Everybody so would you just go, go from, from, from one country to the next by bus or what? Uh, well, I did the same. Hold on. Now, I, I did, but around the world, I didn't have a choice though, because I had to okay. have connecting flights. Yeah. Well, I guess I could skip one flight and go by bus, but it didn't really make sense to me yeah, since yeah. I was only there for a couple of weeks. But yeah, yeah. the second time I skipped a few flights, actually. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, I had a flight between uh, Mexico City mm-hmm. and uh, and down to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. But I went like, to, no, sorry, to, to Guatemala, but I went by bus instead. Okay. So I skipped that one. So how long is it like, I have no, not really an idea how, how big those countries are. They're huge. So much Most bigger, like uh, yeah. than than like Germany or oh yeah, in comparison to I mean well, Sweden is quite long. Well, it's also like the distances are weird. Like look at Chile; it's it's long, yeah, yeah, <laughs> north yeah. to south, but it's not as wide. Yeah, that's true. But I I traveled from the east coast from from um, uh, oh my god Uruguay <laughs> yeah okay from all the way from Uruguay all the way to the west coast of of South America. Uh-huh. Um, well, I went to, to Chile, to Santiago, but I did that by bus, and it didn't mm. take that long. And I stopped on the way, obviously. I mean, if you go one-way trip, but what would you do that? I mean, you plan <laughs> it. You, you take an overnight yeah. trip, and then you find something around that yeah, area. Yeah. Like, I drank wine in Chile, in, in Argentina instead. Uh, had a good time there. I start, you made a couple of stops. Mm. But also, back to my mom, I have to tell you about this. Oh, yeah. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> the second time, I, I met her in in Uruguay and we had lots of beef and beer and then we took the boat into Argentina again to, to visit there and then I said like we should go to the Iguazu Falls like the, the biggest uh, um, waterfalls in the world and she mm-hmm. was like yeah sure let's go <laughs> so we took an overnight trip and this was the first time I, I was a bit stupid I should have done this more you could take a VIP bus Okay. And just a little bit extra because I thought mother like, yeah, yeah, okay. It doesn't bother me to take it. There are <coughs> semi-kamas and they're like the straight bus. The semi-kamas are like the white. They're only two seats on one side and one on the other. And then they're oh. like the full VIP. You get a bed, basically. Oh, yeah. Nice. So I got the best seats in the front or the top. And there was a bar. You have internet. You have everything. They came. When we were going to bed, they're like, are you, are you asleep, Mr. Johansson? <laughs> so no. So I, would you like the nightcap? Maybe a glass of champagne? Ooh, like no, no, I'll take a car now. <laughs> <laughs> like it's fine. <laughs> and they actually come Serbia, and they have the TV and everything. And it costs nothing, mm. so we did that, and we went up to Iguazu Falls. And that's probably so that's another thing I'm thankful for my mother. Like I, I probably wouldn't have gone there if she wasn't there. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why, but <laughs> those huge natural. I th- think it has to do with back of my mind. I don't want to do what th- everybody else is doing. Sure. It's, it's a dumb thought, I know. But <laughs> it's there. I'd rather go to like place at Simuk Champagne, which we did in, <laughs> in, or Vang Vieng, like we did in Laos back then. But Vang Vieng, once again, that's like a tubing place in the middle of nowhere in Laos. Okay. Yeah. You go there and you rent a, a tractor deck uh, or tire for 10 ten dollars and then you go and you just tube it all the way and then bars everywhere all the way down there but when we did it in 06 there's no people there but well yeah these hardcore backpackers were there but then 
like it, the internet came and everybody found out and now it's just way <laughs> way way touristic <laughs> i heard somebody going but yeah martin you know our friend yeah. he went down i think it was him he went out that nah it wasn't nice anymore it was completely changed yeah, yeah. which is sad but i mean it's the way it is i guess yeah. so i'm trying to find these places and i find one in in guatemala uh, because I met a local guy again, mm-hmm. which took his kids, and he asked me, "Would you want to come?" Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. So we ran in a minibus and we drove up there. Like, Why is this not in the travel books? It was like this tiny part of it. <laughs> like, now nah, we we kind of want to keep it a secret, and uh, we we saw quetzals and you know those colorful birds and okay. and uh, uh, it was beautiful. It was absolutely and the local people obviously went there, but it was a big hustle. There was no no tra- local transportation. You had to rent the car. You had to go there. I see. Okay. No so it was beautiful, mm. like one of those magical places, like Narnia. <laughs> it was almost <laughs> like Narnia. It was so beautiful. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, we have quite a long now, one and a half hours exactly. Basically. Yeah. Should we wrap it up? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lost thoughts. Yeah. Um, Go travel because it changed your life. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, one thing I haven't talked about, though, uh, just a thought, mm-hmm. a thought, a short, short, short thought. It's about when you travel, guys, uh, always try to think green. I didn't do that before. Flying is not a, it's not a smart thing to do just mm-hmm. for for having a good time. If, you have, if you're going to fly somewhere, try to make it, to make it worth, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Stay somewhere longer. Don't don't go trips back and forth all the time. And, and please don't just go to Thailand two weeks. And well, I'm gonna bash you for that. Simple, <laughs> simple as that. Then you can just as well go to Greece, go to Canary Islands, go go closer. Otherwise, go further away and try to think green. If that makes sense at all, that's it. No. It's difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult topic. I may I just realized Good. I shouldn't start talking about it. Okay, last thoughts. Travel as much as you want, but always think about your environment yeah, and try yeah. to educate yourself about uh, world situations because that's the best way you can do it by actually yeah. being there and seeing things. Mm. You can. I always say this: you can see things and you can experience things. Yeah. Please don't watch things; yeah. experience them. You can watch a movie. Exactly, but also when you travel. Like, for instance, short again, those trips in uh, which I told you that you can go pet the dolphins. Yeah. That's seeing. That's yeah. not experiencing. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing there. And there's always options where you can go. It, it takes a bit more effort, but yeah. it's always worth it in the end. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.